not the kind of church that we want to be. We are not a me church. How many you know that church is not about me? Church is not about you. Who's it about? About Jesus. Yeah, we're all back in third grade Sunday school where the answer is always Jesus. Yes, church is about Jesus. When we come into the house of the Lord, we are here to worship him. We are here to hear his word, the word of God. Uh, it is not, no one's getting tickets to the big game, okay? Um, but uh, we have come. We want to come. We want to worship the Lord together. We want to. We want our church to be a God church, not a me church. And so that's what we've been uh, talking about a little bit. Is the church uh, over the past uh, two weeks now? This is the third week. We're talking about the church. We are the church. Did you know that? We are the church. It's not just a building. It's not just these walls. We are the church, and we've talked about that and learned that. Um, last week we talked about how important the family is, and that uh, we can have church at home as well. And we um, uh, memorize scriptures together as a family, and we can be uh, mom and dad lead their children, uh, lead the next generation. Uh, they don't know they don't know where to go, and so we teach them and we uh, help them grow, and that's what the church is because we are the church. And so, um, looking at uh, what we're going to talk about today, um, being who God wants us to be in the church. Uh, I was when I was called to ministry, I was 16 years old, and I, I loved to come up to the church, to go up to the church and help my youth pastor. That was my favorite thing to do. So as, as soon as I could drive. Uh, after school, many days, I'd go up to the church just to hang out with him, but especially on Wednesdays, that's when our youth service was, I'd come up and I would help our, our youth pastor get ready. And so I was the guy, he had me doing several things, but I was the guy who was unstacking all the chairs uh, to get them lined up. I was setting microphones up, making sure the cords were working and everything. Uh, I That's what I did every Wednesday, junior and senior year of high school. That's what I loved to do. And there was one particular uh, Wednesday, I was unstacking some chairs and I was listening to DC Talk. I thought I might get a couple of amens there. I want to be in the light as you are in the light. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> Jesus freak. Come on. All right. Some people got to learn the hard way. Let's just go through the whole. No. Um, Free at last. Okay, anyway, so we're listening to DC Talk, and I'm jamming out, and I'm unstacking chairs and all this, and I heard the Lord speak to me. The Lord speaks to 16-year-olds. Did you know that? Um, and younger as well. Um, but I'm unstacking chairs, and I, I, I hear the Lord speak to me, and he says, this is what I want you to do the rest of your life. And I said, unstack chairs? Because there's not a lot of money in that. <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he says, I want, I'm calling you into the ministry. And so it was at that moment that I, I, I gave up uh, my dream of playing in the World Cup for the United States. Um, and I began to um, pursue the ministry and what God wanted me to do. And I am so glad, now that I look back, whatever many years ago that was, um, so glad that I, that I look back and my called in the ministry story was while I was serving the church, doing, doing some service. I was helping my youth pastor get ready. I was helping the church. 
I was serving the Lord. I'm so thankful that 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 is my, that God gave me that. And I think that that has actually kind of propelled me forward. And that's why I, I tend to want to serve. I, I tend to want to help. And I, I tend to gravitate to people who want to help the church and help the Lord and help people as well. And I think it kind of started right then. That's, I just think that serving the Lord, serving the church, that's who we should be. That's what the church should be, and that's uh, what we should be. So this morning, um, I've got two stories and one point. <laughs> Many pastors have several points. I got one point for you this morning. Two stories and one point, okay? And I'm going to go ahead, spoiler alert, I'm going to give you the whole point right now. This is the point. A church that serves is a church where God moves. A church that serves is a church where God moves. I want to be a serving church. And by the way, I don't just mean friendship church. I do mean friendship church. But because we are the church, you are the church, if you want God to move into your life, one way to, thing to start doing is to serve him, doing actual things to serve. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6. That is story number 1. Acts chapter 6. And then if you also want to go to Exodus chapter 18, that's story number 2. So I've got two stories, one point. A church that serves is a church where God moves. So here we are in Acts chapter 6. This is the, um, again, the beginning of the church. We read last week in Acts 2, the beginning of the church. This is just a couple of chapters later. Uh, the church is getting some momentum, and by momentum, um, I mean opposition. <laughs> there are people that do not like what is happening at the church, and so they, they're coming against some of that. They're trying to slow it down a little bit, um, and, and the church is just busting through those barriers. And so as the church begins to grow, sometimes there are growing pains. How many of you know that or remember that? And as you're growing, there were some pains in some of the growth. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 6, as we find here. Uh, it says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. This is one of those things that happens. When you get a lot of people together, a lot of people doing some things, there's some people that can fall between the cracks. And this is what is happening right here. The church is multiplying. There's a lot of people going to church, a lot of people growing in the Lord, a lot of people getting saved. And so with that comes opportunities to minister. And so someone at some point had a daily distribution of food. We're going to bless some people, okay? They were looking for ways to serve their community. This is the way that this particular area did it. They, they, had, they had a food bank, okay? And what they were finding is that there were some people that were getting a little bit more food than, than some other people were, or they were getting first dibs, and, and, well, hey, well, we want our people to get some. We've got some widows over here. We've got some people. And so there's it, it, just one of those discontent things where, hey, like, I like the fact that we're serving, but not everybody is getting served. Not everybody's needs are getting met, and we need to do something about that. It, it, hopefully it came out of a good heart, but there was some discontent there where, hey, we want to get blessed too. We want to be a part of the daily distribution of food as well. Verse 2, 
So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, <laughs> and so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Spirit. I like how they added that part to it. Select some men who are full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. So what the apostles' response to this was not, but we just got to work longer hours. We just got to work harder. They said, no, what if we did this? What if we actually released some ministry to some other people who they have giftings to do these things, and we can allow them to serve, and all of this discontent of who's getting how much food and whatever, that's going to solve itself. The apostles, they had a job to do. The, the church was starting. There was a lot that was going on. They wanted to make sure that people were praying, that they were reading the Scripture right. Remember, there was a big shift of Old Testament to New Testament. So we've got to make sure that we're preaching the Word correctly. That there was a lot that, that were on the apostles' shoulders, but they wanted to make sure that ministry was still done. So they released it to other people to be able to do that. And those people were able to do just that. Verse 5, everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, you guys know Stephen? A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Perminus, and Nicholas. I don't know if I said those names right, but it sounded good. So, <clears throat> Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them, laid their hands on them. So they joined, they got some people together, and they... And they named some people. They said, you guys go out and do some ministry. Now, it wasn't just, let's just find some warm bodies to put over there. No, no, no. They found men of faith, men who were filled with the Holy Spirit, people who had wisdom. And then on top of that, they prayed for them. There was, certain, there was some certain amount of, of training that went on, but there was prayer for them as well. It wasn't like nurseries that way. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> They prayed for them. They said, we need your help. These are some things that we can do, and we're in this together, okay? While we're doing our job, our role, what we're supposed to be doing, here is ministry that has to be done, and you guys get to take care of that. It's a great story. Verse 7, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted to. A church that serves is a church where God moves. This was a church that was learning and going through the growing pains of learning how to serve. And once they started figuring it out, hey, you know what? There's more people that can do stuff other than just us leadership up here. There's some people who can minister. There's some people who can help. There's some people who have different giftings than us. We need to release that to them. 
And as not just the apostles were serving, but all of these other people began to serve, other people wanted to serve, and more people wanted to serve, and, a ch- and the church began to move. It said that the, the believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. It wasn't just the apostles preaching. It was the fact that people were serving. Needs were being met. Ministry was happening. It was a complete mind shift and change. We, this is our church. We want to serve as well. It's basically the mindset of an owner and a renter. You know, there's a difference between an owner and a renter. How many of you have rented before? How many of you have owned before? It's a little bit different. When we were renting an apartment, I noticed that we just rented the apartment. We had, there was no other responsibilities. So we'd come home and, you know, I'd look, the grass needs to be cut. Somebody needs to do this. Somebody needs to cut this grass. You know, it's not my responsibility. I'm just renting. Somebody's got to cut this grass. Or, uh, you know, why do they always close the pool on Mondays? Mondays is when I want to go swimming, okay? They need to get the gate fixed. The gate's always messed up. See, when I was a renter and something went wrong, my mindset was someone else needs to fix it. <laughs> but as an owner, when I owned a home and I got home and oh, someone needs to cut this grass, oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm the one that owns the grass. I'm the one that's got to cut the grass, okay? When, this, when the seek gets a leak, somebody's got to fix this. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm the one that owns the sink. So I, even if I can't physically get in there and fix the sink, I got to do, I got to make the call to bring somebody out to do it. If I want to go swimming on Monday, I can go get a swimming pool, <laughs> okay? I can go put it in my backyard if I want to. Uh, the, the pool hours are up to me at that point. There's a difference between an owner and a renter. And in church, I don't want us to have a renter mindset where when we come to church, what can you do for me? And we're pointing out problems. Someone needs to do something about that. But when we're an owner, we say, this is my church. This is our church. We are the church. All of a sudden, we start taking ownership and responsibility for things that's going on in the church. The thought should not be someone should do something about that. The thought should be, what can I do about that? That's serving. That's ministry. Owners see things because it's theirs. And they look to fix it. And so as owners, if we are owners, we care about the big stuff. Are we giving to missions? Are, are, the, are the missionaries on the field getting what they need? What can we do? Do we need to take up a special offering? What do we got to do? That is taken care of. Other stuff like, what about the youth? Does the youth need some help? We, got some, we need some youth sponsors? All the way down to there's a peppermint wrapper on the ground. Does someone need to come pick this up? Anybody? If you're an owner, you pick it up. This is our church. How do we make it better? Is making it better giving more to missions, helping out in the youth, picking up a piece of paper? That's what an owner does. And that's what we are. I don't want to have a renter mindset. Oh, there's always trash here. Pick it up then. Pick it up. This is our church. We are the church. If you see it, it's your responsibility. And that's what these people were saying. That's what the, uh, the apostles, the people were doing. 
hey, these people are getting fed, but these people are not. What can we do about this? These people are getting ministered to, but these people are not. We've got, we've got to fix this, not you've got to fix this. We've got to fix this. How can we help you, apostles? Why don't you name some of us who can do some of these things, fill in the cracks for you, while you're doing what God has called you to do, we're going to do what God has called us to do. And the church moves. A church that serves is a church where God moves. Owners work until the job is done, not quitting time. You got some employees that are three, two, one, quitting time, done, and they're out. But owners say, job's not done, so we're still here. Renting is all about me. What can this church do for me? Because I may only be here for a certain amount of time. But to an owner, everything matters. Everything matters. We want to serve. We want, how can I make this church better? How can I make the church better in the community, here in this church? All right, let's look at our second story. That's, first, that's story number one. The apostles looked at it and said, all right, we've got to release ministry to others. Exodus chapter 18. We'll start in verse 13. Uh, Moses gets a visit from his father-in-law. Have you ever had a visit from your father-in-law? <laughs> I, I like my father-in-law, so I'm good, okay? Exodus chapter 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. Morning to evening. He's sitting there on the stand listening to everybody's problems from morning to evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked him a question. Has your father-in-law asked, ever asked you a question? <laughs> okay. What are you really accomplishing here? This is actually a good question. What are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do this all alone while everyone stands around you from morning to evening? Are you really doing the people any good? You're the one that's sitting there, and from morning to evening, everyone just lines up to tell you their problems? Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute rises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instruction. Verse 17, we got this on the screen. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out. I like how the NLT says it. You're going to wear yourself out. And the people, too. <laughs> you're not just wearing yourself out. You're wearing all these people who have been here since 6 a.m. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. He says, I'm going to give you a nickel's worth of free advice. Okay, You do with it whatever you want. But I'm going to give you some advice here. This is what he says. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees. 
and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. I like that they added that part. And hate bribes. Choose them or appoint them as leaders. He says, listen, you're wearing yourself out. You're wearing them. You can't do everything, Moses. I know you're Moses, but you can't do everything. What you've got to do, continue teaching the people. Continue giving them instructions. Continue showing them how to live their lives. But you've got to appoint some leaders who can do some of this other stuff for you. Because if you don't, you are going to burn out. And you're going to burn the people out as well. This is the same story, really, that happened later in Acts. So for some of you who are thinking, yay, we finally hired a pastor so he can do everything. This sermon is for you. <laughs> I don't want to wear myself out. And I don't want to wear you out in the, in the process. Listen, <laughs> if, I could, if I could pull back the curtain just a little bit on senior pastoring, which I have now done for a whole three weeks, I know a lot. <clears throat> However, I can, I can, uh, what is it? I can agree with Moses here on on one thing. Just to just to pull the curtain back just a little bit, there is a there is a weight that is felt. Yes, about vision of where the church is going, but for but for you, I I I've always. You know, the Lord's always, from time to time, put people on my heart to pray for. But that's happened a lot the last three weeks. More so, more so than before. And, you know, when he says, you know, that the burden is too heavy to bear. Hey, I signed up for this, okay? I, I was called by God. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. But I understand what he's saying. Because there's so much that you, that you want, that, that I want for you, that God wants for you, that God wants for us as a church, and, and, I, and I'm beginning to see that a little bit. And it's not overbearing, it's exciting. I'm so excited to see this church, as I've said before, what it looks like next month, next year, in five years. I'm so excited. And I'm saying that there are ministers in this room right here that it's not my church, it's God's church, and we are all a part of it. And we can all step up and do what God wants us to do. Because a church that serves is a church where God moves. How many of you want to see God move? then we step out and we serve. We step out and we do what God wants us to do. Yes, in the church, but in ourselves as well. Do you want God to move in your life? Many times it's, 
It, it's, it's the people that complain the most that God never does anything. They're the ones that never do anything. When, when we do what they did in Acts chapter 6, what they did in Exodus chapter 18, listen, they've been doing this all the way since Moses. <laughs> this is not a new thing where it's like help the pastor out. This has been going on since Moses. So I, this is not a new concept that I'm bringing here, okay? I didn't start this. Moses did. Moses said, I'm going to put some capable people who can serve. The apostles said, we're going to put some capable people who can serve. And that's how we do church in 2021 as well, is that we have capable people, not just warm bodies, but capable people who can serve who can do what God wants them to do, who has an ownership mentality that says, this is my church. This is my community. How can I make it better? How can we make it better? How can we work together to do what God wants us to do? Ephesians chapter 2, one of my favorite verses, and this is how it says in the NLT, for we are God's masterpiece. He painted a masterpiece with you. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. He has created us so that we can do good things. Many of you probably memorize it as good works. Good works that he planned for us long ago. Listen, you were created to do good works. We were not created to sit and soak and wait until heaven. We were created to do good works. And I, for one, want to take that challenge. I can tell you that I've taken the challenge since I was 16, and I have seen God move in my life, in others' lives, and I am so thankful. I am so thankful for the move of God, and it is a joy and a privilege and an honor to serve Him and to serve the church and to serve people. And when you step out and do that, you will see it as well you will see the benefit because we understand how can we not serve a God who sent his only son to die for us? We were created to do good things, to do good works. So I want to give us, I want to give some people right now in real time the chance to do that. Worship team, would you come on up? The worship team that is walking up right now, they are about to lead us in some more worship. And they are making the service better right now because they're going to lead us in worship and I'm not. (laughs) But they're going to do it because God's given them the capability to do this. So they are, this is real time service right now. You are seeing it live in front of you. Go ahead and begin whenever you are ready. You were seeing it live that people who have stood up and said, I want to serve the Lord, and I want to serve the church, and I want to serve the people, the church, gifts and the talents that God has given me, the capabilities that God has given me. And we want to lead people to the throne room of God in worship. They are serving right now. They're doing their part to make our church better. And I am so thankful 
for these who have come. So if you would stand this morning, we're going to end the service, and I'll come up in a minute and, and, and say a final prayer, but in the service, worshiping the Lord, allowing some people the opportunity to serve. By the way, we've got people serving right now upstairs with our kids' department in the nursery. And this is not, oh, where are we going to find our next greeters? No, no, that's not. Yes, we need greeters. Yes, we need things. But it's because we're created to do this, to make the church better. So let's worship the Lord together. Let's serve the Lord together this morning. Let's worship him one more time. talk to the Lord. In your own words, go ahead. Just begin to talk to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we want to have a servant's heart. Lord, you said that you came not to be served, but to serve. What a wonderful model that you laid for all of us. God, we want to be servants like you were, like you are. God, as we are the church, we are the church together. Help us to help each other to find what we were created for. We were, we were created to do good works. Help us to find places and spots and pockets where we can minister to others. Lord, and that looks so many different ways. Sometimes that means writing a check, yes. Sometimes that means actually getting down on our hands and knees and serving and doing something for the Lord. It's not going to look the same way to everybody all the time. But God, it, it's, it's the, the heart of it, the servant's heart. It's that mindset. I'm here to serve others, not to be served. Lord, give us that. Give us that. Because we are human, and many times our default is to want to be served or, 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 or to point fingers. God, David said, create in me a pure heart. God, create in us a, a, a heart, a pure heart and a, and a, a heart of service and a, and a mindset of being a servant. Hallelujah. Because we want to see you move. We want to see you move, and a, and a church that serves God is a church where God can move. We've seen it time and time again in Moses' time, in the apostles' time, and today in Texas. God, we want to see you move in our church, in our community, and in our lives, in our families. God, we pray that you would move. We pray that you would move. Create in us this heart, God. God, we love you and we praise you. God, what a wonderful God you are. We give you the thanks and the praise for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It, it is tough to have a bad day in the house of the Lord. It's tough. It's good, isn't it? Every time we come in here, it's a good day because of who we serve because of who we serve. Thank you. Thank you for being a good church. Give yourselves a hand, that's fine, yeah. Our ushers are standing in the back. If you're a first time guest, you can drop that off and 
uh, drop any offering that you may have there. Thank you for your giving as well. Service may be over, but guess what? The church is not over. Let's go out and let's be the church. Love you guys. See ya.